Welcome to Culture Conversations, a podcast that helps disciples make disciples in today's world. I'm Chris Moran, host of Culture Conversations, and today you'll be hearing again from Stephen Brindle, who goes by the hip-hop alias Believe in Stephen. Stephen shares his past and current experience with local churches, the concept and ideas behind his newest album, After the Storm, and a sneak peek of the song, Grimy. I trust you'll be encouraged. So I'm here again with my man, Stephen Brindle, Believe in Stephen, and we're here to talk about two main things, but I'm sure we'll get into more. We're going to talk about church life, and we're going to talk about the new album releasing in early October. So, brother, we were together in some Bible studies uh, back in the early first decade of the 2000s. And, you know, you were attending Bible study here in Pittsburgh. We were going through Romans, and you even taught a few of those Bible studies. Uh, any, any memories there that you want to highlight or tell the story about what that was like? here in the Berg? Yeah, sure, man. I just, I just remember, uh, for those that don't know, I grew up in Pittsburgh and went to Taylor Alderdice High School. I graduated in 2001, and then I moved to the University of Delaware and then grad school at Temple, and I was living in Philly, the Philly area. In 2009, I got a job at the University of Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. And so- Strength coach, I, right? I, yeah, strength and conditioning coach at Pitt. And I linked with uh, Chris because he was, if I remember right, the Bible studies were on Monday night yep. at Panera the Bread. Wednesdays. Yep. Um, out by Monday night was Panera Bread, and that was around Monroeville. And then yep. Wednesday night was at the actual church. Yep. And so that that was like my main source of fellowship. I want to say it was Penn Hills Alliance Church. It was right? Penn Hills Alliance Church and the the Panera Bread was in Penn Center in Monroeville, right on the border of yeah. in Monroeville. Yeah. Yeah. So so that was refreshing for me because when I was at Alderdice, I didn't know any believers in the Berg. Mm. And and I don't think I was a believer. And then to come back and then have some dope fellowship, it really encouraged me. Cause I, I think if I didn't have that, like young people um, kind of speak the same language and are interested in some of the same things like hip hop. It, it makes it, it makes it hard to, to walk this walk alone, man. We, we need yeah. like-minded brothers and sisters around us to encourage yeah. us. Fellowship's more important than we realize. Uh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and so you, you quickly got tied into the hip hop community here too. Like it wasn't just the, you know, theology camp that you were, immersed in you were you were immersed in the hip-hop scene both the christian and the secular scene pretty quickly yeah i think that helped though through the bible study because you knew certain people yeah and knew about certain shows that were going on so you could point me and then some of them i had already known and maybe lost touch with but other cats i didn't know as well and i was kind of introduced through you or other people at the bible study so that was very helpful man um I remember one particular Bible study at Penn Hills Alliance on a Wednesday night. I mean, the studies were super dope. If you guys haven't heard Chris's teaching, uh, it's very, very clear, um, very thoughtful. I was amazed sometimes this dude didn't even have any notes. And I was like, bro, (laughs) when I teach, I got to like, you know, study for like 10 hours or whatnot. This dude, he's just like, he knows his words so much. It was like no notes. But a couple things I really appreciate about those studies was – Cause I've been to small group studies many times. And one thing I really appreciated about those studies were, 
was you would teach and there were sometimes be unbelievers there mm-hmm. or, yep. or people who are really skeptical yeah. and they would ask some really hard questions, but you never met, you never made them feel like they were dumb mm. or that was a dumb question or like you were condemning them. So you might have a, a dude come in there and they're straight skeptical and you're going through Romans and, and, and they might ask like a crazy, you know, um, an off the wall question and you would handle it with meekness. You would handle it with grace and you would answer them. You would point them to the truth. You wouldn't back down, but I was always, uh, I applaud, I applaud you for that. Cause I was always impressed hmm. by that. Cause sometimes I've been to other small group studies and people f- by the person who's teaching their approach people might feel very intimidated to ask a question or to disagree with that teacher or leader. Mm. And I don't think you made it seem like cats couldn't ask questions. Yeah. I appreciate that, man. Cause that was more natural, but I'm glad that that was happening. And yeah, I remember unbelievers were coming a lot and, and that was due to friends bringing friends and yeah, right in the middle of teaching someone would be like, wait, and they just ask a question. Yeah. They'd be like, what that about the local? apocrypha? Yeah. They'd be like, what about the Apocrypha or, or what about, um, you know, this historical account or, you know, why, why does it say little gods or, or something like that? Yeah. You are gods or something like that. And oh, why is the Trinity not in the Bible, the word Trinity? And like, you would just break stuff down yeah. in a great manner. I remember that. Yeah, that's cool, man. I appreciate that. And you taught a few of them. I remember you stepped in yeah. a few times when I wasn't there and when I was there teaching. And and I know uh, the suffering passage in Romans 5, I think you took. Remember that? Yeah, I remember. I, You know what's crazy? Until you brought it up tonight, I kind of forgot about teaching that. But now I remember. And a lot of what I taught there was tied into the Suffering Servant album. Mm, look at that. Yeah, a, lo- a lot dope. of that. So that album like doing that album made me study that topic more than more than i had ever been exposed to before in fact i'm reading a really dope book now by paul tripp called suffering nice yeah it's it's making me yeah it's making me be like man should i do a suffering servant part two Mm, maybe (laughs) Maybe you could get him to feature on it man that'd be cool (laughs) yeah he's in philly right yeah he is that'd be rowdy yeah. You, you know, what's interesting is those those Bible studies, those two Bible studies in particular were, if you will, the the proto core group for the church plant that is now Eternal City Church. You know, a lot of those people, not a lot, some of those people who were there at those Bible studies are now a part of the church. And it certainly was the getting my feet wet for, you know, regular, consistent, ongoing walking with people uh, for years, because we took 10 years in Romans and some people were there for almost the whole time. And if wow. you do that, you know, you're going to walk with some people through some hard things in their lives if you stick with somebody for that long amount of time. So, yeah, man, God was I didn't know it at the time that that would be a, a core group, if you will, for a church plant. But that was what God was up to. And I didn't know it, it was pretty cool. Yeah. So the church is eternal city, right? Because that's yeah. kind of. Interesting, because you had the clothing that was eternal vision, right? Yeah, there is certainly a correlation there. So eternal vision was this idea that we want to look past the temporary things of the world and live for the now, but live in light of eternity and invest in eternity. So it was uh, 2 Corinthians 4.18. We look to the things which are not seen for the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are unseen are eternal. 
So that was the verse that Eternal Vision was uh, based off of. And what we did was we just took graffiti artists and had them do pieces and, and do artwork. And then we put them on shirts and would set up at hip hop events and sell the shirts. It was fun, man. You remember those tables, right? With all the CDs and all the shirts. Yeah, it was fresh. And in fact, I found, I, I didn't know I, I still had any. And, you know, last week I found one. And I yeah, yeah, you sent me a picture that was fresh. Yeah, yeah, bro, yeah. I, I remember Shylin came out for his Solus Christus release party and had one of our shirts on. And I remember just being in the back like, what? <laughs> I had no idea he was going to do that. But I was so fired up that he he wore one of our shirts out. You remember that? Uh, yeah. No, you know what? I was in Hawaii at that point. Okay. I wasn't All at right. that show yet. Yeah, it was routed. I was in Hawaii for uh, about a month with my dad and the University of Hawaii. Yeah. Okay, nice. So tell me about your, your church life now. You, you, you did eventually go back to Philly, and you mm-hmm. did begin with a local church, and you were pretty committed, and then you shifted to another church, and now you're, you're at a different place where you're certainly rooted. Are you a member? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, why don't you tell that story for the listeners, watchers? Yeah, so... I moved back to Philly in late summer of 2010 mm-hmm. and the church that I was going to pre- previously, I became a member there in 2008. I just kind of came back on board. That's Epiphany Fellowship in North Philly on mm-hmm. uh, 17th and Diamond. So I, I was going there for a number of years for another five years. So I think all in all, I was there probably I don't want, I want to say close to seven or eight years. Yeah. Um, I even started going there when they, they, they had Bible studies in the basement on Thursday nights. What is that? Mason and Deuce. 2006. Yeah. Eric Mason and Deuce, the ambassador, probably like 2005, 2006, Mm -hmm. but I was going to Antioch in Philly at that time. And then I transitioned over to Epiphany. So I came back 2010, was going to Epiphany and was there a good five years uh, before I found out that one of the guys who was actually in my new members class back at Epiphany was Brian Davis. Mm. And I knew Shylin all the way back from 2002 is when I first met him. My brother introduced me uh, to Shy way back then. It was All-Star Weekend, I remember, 2002 in Philly. And I came to Philly from Delaware. And I had been up maybe once or twice before, but on that trip, I was just like, yo, this is rugged. Like, this is so rugged. Like, I I just want to live here. Like, Philly is so dope because Delaware was like, to me, I was like a hip-hop cat from Alderdice and going to the University of Delaware, it was a lot of like preppy kids and I just didn't really feel like I fit in or there was was much hip-hop culture there. Yeah. Um, Or or under, definitely not underground hip-hop culture. And so when I I came to Philly, I was just like, yo, and I got to tell the story from when you came to my release party. Yeah. When you came to my apartment and you seen on the hallway up to my apartment, <laughs> you seen like a, a throwy, some graph. And you were like, yo, this is where you live? That's rowdy. So when I came to Philly, I met Shylin and I was like, yo, this is rowdy. Like, it's just so rugged. It's grimy. Mm-hmm. It's just like, just, I like, I love the culture. It the dress, felt like hip hop culture to me. We, we always considered Philly from Pittsburgh, the Mecca of Christian hip hop, because you had the cross movement who, who then, you know, inspired so many others, Jay Silas and, and your brother and shy and Steven, the Levi. I mean, all the lamp mode cats originally were, were in Philly, weren't they? Yeah. 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 And then Trip Lee was in yeah. Philly, R. Yep. Swift. And you know, a lot, 
a lot of people Jafia. have dispersed. Yep, Jafia. A lot of people have dispersed since then. Yeah, but those early days, point. man. There was Philly was it, bro? More than New York, more than what was going on down south. I think Philly was was it, in my opinion. Yeah, and a lot of those cats all all went to Antioch at one point, and then all went to Epiphany at one point. Now, neither of those churches would call themselves hip hop churches, and same with Risen Christ Fellowship. Um, we're not a hip hop church. So that's where I am now as a church. It's called risen Christ fellowship. It started in 2015 with Brian Davis and shy Lynn. And Brian um, Davis is also a rapper, God's servant. Right. But he, not, not much anymore. Kind of mm-hmm. like calm one. So yeah, he, he, he was very active, but now he's more active pastoring than he is um, rapper. I get it. It's hard <laughs> to do it all, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but, and then shy Lynn, he kind of realized like a year or so in, that he wanted to still do the rapping and still wanted to do some of the touring and writing books and things like that. So mm-hmm. he's no longer pastoring, but he's still a member. He still teaches from time to time. But the church is now led by Brian Davis and Ant Coughlin. And Ant Coughlin's also a rapper. He's on uh, Glory Thieves on the song Crown Down. He's also on several of Shy's projects. I think one of Stephen the Levites. Um, and he's a dope MC as well. Nice. So the, both rappers, but they're a little bit more active pastoring now than rapping. Um, but yeah, I'm a member. I became a member in 2016 and basically, um, with that membership, which is something that I I think is good. I I think church membership is a good thing Uh, for those watching it. It basically was a process where, uh, you attend a course and they explain all the doctrines of the church, what they believe in and whatnot. And then you have to write up a testimony and, after writing up that testimony, you have a uh, new member interview with uh, the pastors and they, they kind of ask you about that, that statement that you wrote. And they ask you to tell them about your story and they ask you if you love God. And they also you know, ask you if you're going to be committed to the church for praying for the church, for attending the church, for fellowshipping with other believers yeah. and for, um, you know, just keeping them posted with what's going on in your life. And at first I was a little intimidated by that because I had been a member of uh, Epiphany before, but just the way it was worded, I was like, yo, are they going to be like hitting me up every day? Be like, yo, did you <laughs> sin today? Because I'm like, I know I, I sin every day. So I'm like, man, it wasn't like that though. Um, it, it, it isn't like that. Um, they've, they've been very loving. They've been nice. able to do a good job, I think, of pastoring by checking in. And I, I think it's it's hard to do when you have a very huge congregation sure uh but but i i do commend them for trying to set up times to meet times to talk Mm -hmm. and they currently do that now even even five years in and after some growth that we've had in the church as well it looks a little different now because we're doing stuff more virtual now Mm -hmm. like like basically on sunday mornings i go to fanatic's house to cross from cross movement because he's he's a member Okay. I go to his house because he leads like a group to watch the virtual sermon. Nice. And so that's kind of like, you know, how we're getting it in. Yeah, some of our fellowship early on, we're doing that. We're, we're open. We've been open since yeah. days green, but yeah, some churches have chosen not to. Yeah. They, they do a nine marks, um, nine marks of a healthy church, Mark Dever and Jonathan Lehman, those guys, they, they do that kind of style membership, right? Yeah, it's very similar to that. And then after that interview, at a members meeting, which we have every 
two months, so okay. six times a year, they'll bring up various issues going on in the church. And one of those is often member um, additions or member resignations, because sometimes okay. people might move or people might sure. want to go to a different church and whatnot. And so basically, uh, one of the pastors will be up there in front of the congregation and they'll share like, hey, Stephen Brindle is looking to join this church. They'll read off, you know, a couple paragraphs of a testimony. They'll be like, hey, we, we recommend them. Is there anyone who has any reason, you know, any questions about him? And some people are like, yeah, where did he go before? Or um, what, time, what type of doctrine was at that church? Or have you guys really chill with him? You know, people will ask some questions sometimes. It's good. Um, but it's basically like, hey, does anyone have any reason why this person should not become a member? Okay. And what I've seen is, is normally that's not the case. Um, I mean, almost never. Yeah. But we have an it, extensive it, it, membership process, but we don't go that far. We do that certainly with our officers. You know, we, yep. the elders specifically, the, the members give affirmation of the, of the elders, which is right. Yeah. But not the members. For, yeah. But what, what they will do is I think sometimes if something comes up in that membership interview or in one of those statements that seems a little off, mm -hmm. they'll kind of not necessarily bring it into one of those meetings. They'll gotcha. talk to them in private and be like, Hey, we, we don't, we don't think you, you, you know, probably are fit yeah. for membership just because it's hard to know if you're a believer. Yeah. Um, so, so they, I think they do a decent job with that. That's great. I love it. Yeah. And, yeah, and at man. some point there was a merger because one of our elders here, his name's Pete. He was at a church with Pastor Frank. Is that his name? Yep. Frank yeah. Letko. Yeah. So Frank and, and Pete were pastoring a church. And then Pete came to Pittsburgh just as that church was merging with Brian and Shy. I think was there at the time. Were you there at that time? I was. Okay. So I, I think basically what happened was I think – Frank met Brian at a conference and Brian was talking about like wanting to start a church or maybe, maybe it was Brian knew someone else at the conference who knew Frank and they reached out to them and was like, Hey, you know, Brian's looking for a building cause he has this vision for this church, but they don't have a place to meet. Mm. And so the a church uh, was called living hope, which is in uh, Roxborough, the Roxborough section of Philly, which is not quite where Brian and shy had envisioned because it's kind it's it's kind of like the imagine if Penn Hills was in city limits okay it's kind of like on the fringe and it's a little bit semi nicer area and like shy and Brian were like man we want to be reaching you know the hood we want to yeah. be like in the hood and that's where we are in Germantown section okay. in the Germantown section of Philly but yeah uh Pastor Frank was gracious enough at at first it was like Living Hope met I want to say at 10 30 we met at 12 30 and their attendance was starting to kind of go down. And okay. so eventually it was just like, Hey, why don't the people who used to be at living hope, you know, they could just start coming to risen Christ. And that, that's kind of what happened. Nice. Some people weren't, weren't down with that, but, but plenty of them were and are still attending to this day. That's great. I love it. And then we got a new building and I want to say the fall of 2017. Okay. Um, we got a new building. But it's it's kind of small, and because of COVID right now, it's hard to get you know as all the people in there and six feet apart. I understand. Um, yeah, so that's why yeah. you guys are doing virtual sermons and virtual. Yeah, but we just started. 
doing in-person evening services, but it's at another church that's about, it's very far from my, okay. from my place. So I need to, I'm going to try to make some of those, but it is, it is a, about 50 minutes away. Well, that's, yeah, it's a hike. Yeah. It's a little hike. Nice. Now, yeah, one of the things well. we can move on in just a minute, but one of the things that you and I had talked about many times in the past was, you know, there seems to be a lack of personal discipleship in, in a lot of Christians lives. Um, have you experienced that with, with risen Christ? Can you elaborate a little bit, like as far as personal discipleship, you mean for like from the leaders? Yeah. I mean, people pouring into you intentionally is basically what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have to necessarily be the pastor, but right. members and others who are intentionally seeking to see you grow. They yeah. want to see you grow. I think that's, that definitely occurs at, at risen Christ. Um, we used to have a men's theology huddle. Okay. And we haven't had it recently, probably for the past, you know, maybe, maybe a little bit longer than when COVID started, but it was pretty dope. We would go through a book. We had have like different assignments and then, um, actually have to write a paper. Uh, nice. It used to be five pages. I got cut down to three. Nice. And then once, once a month we would discuss, you know, kind of those papers. And I think that was an idea that, that stemmed from something that Mark Dever did with like some of his interns and whatnot. Gotcha. Um, but I thought that was pretty helpful. I have to say like the, the pastors at my church now, and the, the people who attend, I think there is a, uh, a high amount of like a desire to, to see others grow and whatnot. And they don't seem like they're off limits. Yeah. Like, and that. what I mean by that is, is certain pastors or teachers, it seems like they preach and it's just like, okay, they just got, they just got down from the Holy mountain. So now you gotta, you gotta schedule an appointment with them. Like, and it's going to take you six months to talk to that person. Yeah. And it's not like that at all. Like you can just go and bust it up or, um, you know, call them within, within a reasonable time frame Absolutely. and whatnot. Yeah. And the communication is, is good. And that's what I like to say is like, I think there's some, there's some people are very good preachers or teachers, but they're not necessarily good pastors. And it. in my view, I, I see a pastor as someone who shepherds the flock Yeah, um, because they know they have to give an account for the flock. So I, I see a pastor as someone who is, um, not only able to teach and break down the word, but someone who has a care for God's people and is going to try to lead them, um, away from, from danger. That's good. And so I think that that's being done, you know, at, uh, at RCF. So I commend them for that. And, and they also have, uh, I forget how often it is. I want to say it's about once a month or once every two months where it's pretty much like a, just a meeting with one of the pastors. Okay. So like they, they try to be very intentionally intentional about that as far as meeting with, with the flock. That's fresh. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for sharing all that, man. That's, that's yeah, helpful. No problem. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So let's talk now about your, your new project, man. We talked about a lot of your past projects in the last interview and you got this new album about to drop uh, in less than a month. So what was your inspiration for this album, man? Well, basically what happened was the apologist who is uh, will from Christ centric. Mm -hmm. He's the, he's the guy who he's like the founder of Christ centric. For those that don't know, Christ centric is a group that has put out. I can't even count how many albums. Um, some of the notable ones were, uh, City came out with city of God. And before that was the reformation. Yeah. Um, and before that was the mind of Christ. 
And then since they put out plenty of didactic music, which is basically just like cats rapping, teaching scripture verse by verse, like yeah. a, an Ephesians project that I was on with my brother, a Romans project, a Jude junk, Jude junction project. So they've, they've done several, uh, books like of the Bible. expository rapping. Exactly. In fact, one of the artists evangel, his album was expository journey. No, that's dope. Um, yeah. So just a quick backstory and then I'll yeah, get into, um, what, like the theme of it, but the, the apologists, this was back around 2004. I was kind of just rapping on the low and, you know, it was kind of like go to shows and I'm like, yo, your brother killed it, but you, mm-hmm. you spit. And I'm like, nah, not really, bro. Not really, but really I did. And Will mm-hmm. knew this. And so he'd be like, yo, let, let me hear some of your stuff, man. I know you've been writing. And he'd be like, yo, man, you, you're pretty dope. You got some potential, man. Keep doing it. I'll just write for it. And then a couple months later, I'd see him be like, yo, you got a lot better, man. You, you need to start like putting stuff out. Hmm. And so eventually, eventually I did. And um, back on Hip Hop Zone, it, it started to get some love, uh, stuff, some songs on MySpace. But anyways, the first project I was ever, Christian Hip Hop project I was ever on, and I was on multiple songs, was actually christ-centric city of god that came out in 2006 yeah, i remember it and and then a year later the what i believe album uh came out but yeah basically with this project uh the apologist was like man i want to do an album with you and this is my first ever uh artist producer album oh, so wow. all of my nice. other projects have been various producers you know some of them might have only had um every every track was a different producer yeah and you collected all those beats yourself probably right like yeah i would yeah yeah. so this was nice like i got to pick from um, a handful of beats from him and then you know he's been guiding me through the entire process and uh and basically like his vision for it was like man i just want to i just want to make some dope boom bap tracks and then just use spitting like not getting too tied down to a concept but then once I was starting to write, a concept started to formulate, and the concept is after the storm. Um, okay. And so I think that comes from just the year that we've had in 2020. You know, we've experienced the death of major icons. Um, we, we, you know, we we're talking about Kobe and Chadwick, and, and we had the, the death of innocent individuals at the hands of the police. Um, yep, Floyd, Breonna Taylor, uh, you know, there was civil unrest. We, we, we saw riots. We've seen crooked politicians, mm-hmm. I think, on, on numerous sides. Oh, yeah. um, we've battled COVID. We've had a lockdown. We've had the economy basically crash. We've had people lose their jobs, unemployment at an all-time high. I mean, I even personally got a, a partial furlough due to COVID. And so how can we maintain through all of this that we've gone through in 2020? And uh, Isaiah 25, 4 tells us, it was talking about the Lord. It says, for you have been a defense to the helpless, a defense for the needy in his distress, a refuge from the storm, a shade from the heat. So although 2020 may have been, and still is, a stormy year, uh, I think we must remember that God controls the universe. Mm. He's the God of the universe who controls the universe, and he is with us in our storms and Jesus who calmed the winds and the waves, he can calm the storm. He is with us through all our trials and therefore we can have hope and make it through the storm because we know Jesus is by our side. And so then we can reflect on his goodness 
and tell others of how he brought us through the storm. Yeah, I love like that. Basically, like after the storm is basically we can reflect on how rugged it was, but we can also look back and see how dope a God was, how dope our God was who brought us through that storm. And that we can encourage others because others are going to go through similar storms. Oh, yeah. And, you know, because there's some people who went through and, and they got laid off and they might be like, what's the purpose of this? I can't understand this. But then they get through it. And then two years later, their cousin gets laid off. Mm-hmm. And it's like they can encourage them like, man, look, let me tell you what God did for me when I got laid off and tell you how he got me. Um, he provided for me and helped me bounce back on my feet and what he did for me. Or, you know, someone may have lost a loved one during this year. And it's like that person went through that, but God brought him through. So five years later, they can encourage someone who lost a loved one. Yeah. So that's kind of that's kind of the theme of it. Um, as far as topics on it, um, one of the songs is actually called Loneliness. OK. And the song Loneliness um, is going to be featuring Chris Jones, just so you know. As we're um, doing recording this, the track list hasn't dropped yet, but probably it's probably dropping soon. So I feel nice. okay sharing this. But right. um, Chris Jones from Christcentric, he's he's singing on the hook on that one, and I wrote that one during quarantine when, like, I think it was like back in like March or April when when COVID kind of first hit, and it yeah. was just pretty much like straight lockdown. Because um, now even in Philly, everything isn't all the way open but it's way more open. So you don't, I don't feel quite as isolated or quite as much like it's a lockdown. Yeah, same but there. I, I wrote that song just, and, and I'm hoping it could bless a lot of others who, who, who deal with that same, that same, uh, you know, emotion of, of feeling, feeling alone and, and reminding us of that God is with us, even when we do feel alone. And actually the last verse of that song is talking about several biblical characters who major breakthroughs happened actually when they were alone Mm. um that's what that 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 whole verse is about like you know jacob was alone when he wrestled with god yeah you know you know what i mean and um yeah joseph you know even 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 jesus like in the garden of gethsemane like he 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 was he was with others but he just fell alone on the cross you know he was alone john john was was alone at patmos when he wrote Mm -hmm. revelation and so there's just different examples there um and then there's uh, another song. It's dealing with the topic of forgiveness. And that's going to be the single that's coming out um, this Friday, which is, I think, nice. September 8, 18th. Yeah. yeah. That one's going to be called Grimy. And it's basically just like, you know, cats are grimy. Cats are sometimey. Why does it seem like they always want to try me? Cats are shady. It's making me angry. Should I forgive? Or should I stay angry? Um so it's basically just like trying to trying to realize that we are, we're often sinned against and that that's real and that hurts. But what should our response be? Yeah, that's good. And and deal with that. So um, there's another song on the project that's dealing with what's going on right now. That's it's called Mass Confusion, and um, it's basically just. And in light of the pandemic, in light of all the civil unrest, like, mm. you know, how, how should we how should we feel? And it's not a song that's bringing out all the answers. It's just kind of stating what's going on. Um, and there's some other jams on there where it's just like straight getting after it. Rapping wise, just yeah. straight flip, flipping rhyme schemes, flipping some punchlines 
and and just going hard and then there's another story song on on the project okay which is basically like a football pilgrim's progress nice so the apologist was like man i want to have you know i want i want you know you're so involved in the sports world for those that don't know i'm a strength and conditioning coach Mm -hmm. and so and i'm also a competitive powerlifter i'm involved with athletes every day and i'm a huge sports fan and so he was like man you know it'd be dope if you had like a jam about sports and use some analogies in there. And so I was like, okay, bet. Um, so I, I, I wrote this track that's basically like a football game going on and there's different characters on the, the righteous side and then on the unrighteous side and there's uh, personification goes on. And um, I, I guess it's kind of like some allegory where like Dope. a certain a player's name on the, 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 the wicked squad might be pride or vanity and someone on the righteous squad might be faithful or it might be justice and, you know, things like that. And then different cats score a touchdown or different guys fumble the ball and interceptions occur. And you'll have to peep it on the project. I don't want to give away too much. Thanks, man. Thanks. I, I, I'm excited for that one. Um, I don't want to give away everything on there, but uh, I, I think, I think listeners can expect like plenty of rhyme schemes, rowdiness, and then there's an array of flows that I bring. And from the apologist, I think the perception is going to be, yeah, man, Christ-centric. They got just all them boom-bap beats. And there is some of that, but there is a little bit of versatility being displayed okay. there. So don't don't sleep on the apologist. Nice. That's great. I'm some, excited to and, hear it, bro. And some scratches by DJ Average Joe. Average Joe, yeah, man. I haven't, man. I haven't heard from him in in quite some time. Is he still in Philly? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Interestingly, when Average Joe first came to Philly, he was—I don't know if it was interning with Essence, um, but Eric and I, Erock, we went to Philly to record an album together, which never released. And Average Joe recorded us. Uh, it was his first weekend, I think, in Philly. And it was his first job, like with Lamp Mode, and he recorded myself in Iraq. Uh, so yeah, that's how'd he do? Cool. He did great. He was great, man. He he got on Pro Tools super quick and was interacting with us in the booth. You know, like ah, let's do that again. What do you think, Joe? Yeah, yeah, you should record that again. Let's do that verse again. It was it was great, man. Yeah, he was a great engineer. But uh, yeah. yeah, so that that album never released. In fact, I don't I don't even know where it is. It just disappeared into the the digital trash dump. <laughs> it's funny. That's my have to release the lost files, bro. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I don't even know. Fresh. Eric might have them somewhere stashed on a hard drive. I don't know. Yeah. That'd be fresh. So, so for this project, I recorded about a little over half of it, half of it with the apologist. Okay. And I recorded some of it with, um, with average Joe as well. And that, yeah, he, he's great on the boards, man, because one thing he kind of just lets you do your thing where you don't feel like uptight or any pressure from him because he's so like he's so low-key and and then you know i don't know about yourself but sometimes i have to punch in and when i do that he just like he's able to do it super quick um and then my hypes like sometimes it'll be slightly off and he'll fix it for me so like i don't know if you know this but he's like low-key mixing the song as while you're recording recording. Yeah, yeah that's a good that's a good engineer right there man if they can mix on the spot yeah, yeah, he's very out of the session with a basically mixed song already. Yeah. 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 And his setup, he has a, he has a dope setup now in his own basement. It's really fresh. Okay. Nice. Yeah. I'm glad to hear he's still around. That's cool. Yeah. He's still in West Philly, lives right up the street. Um, so he has some scratches on there. 
There's not a ton of features on this project, but Chris Jones from Christcentric is on it. The, well, I don't know if I'm supposed to give away that, but uh, IV Connerly from Infantry, he's on there. We got actually a jam. It's like a West Coast beat, man. Okay. And, um, it has the West Coast, West Coast connection yeah. and Dre and Snoop. It, it, it or ha- yeah, it has a good theme too. Like it ha- the theme, you have to wait to peep the album, but I, I really like the theme too. Okay. Um, it ties in with some of the other songs. So yeah, be on the lookout Friday, October 9th. 2020 after the storm uh the apologist and believe in steven album is officially dropping nice october 9th it'll be available everywhere you can buy digital music it'll be apple music itunes spotify amazon google play it'll be up on up on youtube it'll be up on Bandcamp, and the first single called grimy is dropping friday september 18th so make sure you check it out. Uh, we'll greatly appreciate it. It allows us to continue to make Christ-centered hip-hop because without your support, um, we can't do it. The, these projects, they, they take money. The videos take money. The recording and the mixing and the artwork, it, it all uh, requires money. So really appreciate your support if you're digging the music. Nice. Love it, man. I can't wait for it to drop. I'm excited. Yeah, well, you might might have to get you out of retirement, maybe for another uh, hour. Maybe someday, man. I'm, I'm gonna have to surely dust off the the notebook and the pen, man. <laughs> it's been a minute. When's, when's the last time you wrote a verse? Oh man, it, it was early t- early 2010, 11, probably. It's been a minute. Wow, dude. ten do, years. Do probably. cats at your church know that you can spit or no? Some do. Yeah, some do. Early on in the church, I was just giving out the album left and right. I was like, here, give this to people, yeah. use it for evangelism, you know, and, uh, but, but the newer people, they may not know that. Yeah. What do you think about one day? Like, you know, you're, you're preaching on Romans and then you just spit like a eight bars in there or 16. <laughs> That'd be fresh. It would be fresh. People would, would be surprised. I think. Yeah. I, think <laughs> I just in, broke in out a acapella. Yeah. I think that like, and they'll be like, Cause a lot of people will do that and they're quoting someone else. Right. And you'd be like, yeah, you know, no boasting, but yeah, the Lord blessed me to write that. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be fun, man. Do you remember that cipher we did? Oh yeah. It's like, uh, I'm trying to remember the name of it. We like, uh, spirit hip hop posted it. A lot of different sites. Yeah, that was it. fun. Stay humble was on it. Uh, yeah. Three PFD. Yeah. There was a bunch of us on that. That was great. Yeah. I, I still, it had like the super bowl anthem beat, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, sp- I would spit that a lot at different like different shows, like acapella. I would just I would just come out and spit that. I remember the break. Was it called break bread mixtape? Break bread or eat toast? Yep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the mixtape. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. We all did a couple songs and then we just gave that away. Yeah, that was a fun album. I forgot about that. Yeah, good times, man. Good times. Yeah, brother. So. Yeah, I appreciate you doing this, man. I appreciate you doing two parts as well and, and sharing your story, man, and sharing your your art and the insider world of hip-hop. A lot of people just listen to the music. They have no idea what it's like shopping beats and then going into the studio, paying studio time, and then the mixing and the mastering and the art, artwork and then all the getting it out there, you know, the distribution chain. It's a lot. People don't realize, man. It is. It is. But, um, I think it's, I think it's worth it, man. I've said this like early on, you know, Hey, I want to reach people who are in pain, people who are suffering. And if it, if it reaches 10 people, you know, and that's who the Lord wants me to reach, then then I'm going to keep on making music. 
Yeah. Um, that's kind of my mindset. And so I see it as, as a, I, I, it can be at times like a lot of work, but I just see it as a blessing. Yeah. And you enjoy it to spread the gospel. Yeah, I do, man. I, I do enjoy it. Yes. That's great. So maybe, maybe just to close out, brother, you could, if you were at a show and you know, you were finishing up your set and you knew there was a bunch of unbelievers there and you wanted to share the good news, what would you say to them? Man, that's pretty dope, man. Uh, pretty dope question. I would say to them, I would say that, um, you came into this world and you were, um, created by God. And, uh, obviously you've seen, um, through others actions, through your own actions that we all fall short of, of God's glory. Meaning that we, we break his commands, we break his laws, um, and this is due to our forefathers, Adam and Eve, or Adam um, and Eve, who sinned. And because of their sin, we've inherited sin. And you know, you don't have to teach a baby to misbehave. So you know that th- this this occurs in all of us. How we have uh, devious, evil ways. And if if you're honest with yourself, that you haven't lived up to God's standard, and none of us have. None of us have. And in the Old Testament, what they would have to do, because God is holy, uh, God must punish sin because he's a just judge. And because he's a just judge, he must punish sin. And so in the Old Testament, they would have to slaughter a bull or a calf um, or a goat that was unblemished, had no defect. I mean, something could be wrong with their leg. Nothing could be wrong with their skin. And this is to symbolize God and his purity. And they would have to they would have to kill that animal um, and offer atonement for sin. In other words, to show that they were sorry for offending God. Uh, but the word uh, of God tells us that the, the blood of bulls and goats can't atone for sin. Um, and that's why Christ, Jesus Christ, he had to come. He's God in the flesh. So he created you, but he had to come down and put on a human suit and he never sinned once. He's the only person ever who's never sinned. He was tempted in every way that we are, but he never sinned once. And he lived a perfect life and he lived a perfect life even unto death on the cross. So he lived the life that we could never live. And he died the death that we could never die because he died on the cross In other words, he died just like the bull or the goat did in the Old Testament to atone for sin. And the father turned his back on him and he took all the wrath. So all the sins that we do, all the sins that you do, all the sins that I do were placed upon Christ. Right. And so the father poured out his displeasure or his wrath of, of sin onto his son. But he rose up. And in other words, it's like he sat in the electric chair for us. So you and I, so you listening who might be an unbeliever, you deserve to be on the electric chair for offending God. I deserve to be on the electric chair for offending God. But it's like Christ came in and we were about to get electrocuted. And he said, no, no, no. I'll sit in the electric chair. Not because they they 
deserve to get off, but because of my grace and my mercy, I'm going to sit in the electric chair and receive the punishment that they deserve. So that's basically what happens um, with the gospel. The gospel is good news. And after Christ died, he didn't stay down. He rose up to show his power over death. And if you have faith in him, it's not about the good works that you've done. It's not about the good works that I've done because we're always going to fall short of of God's standard. We're always going to fall short. So it's, it, you can't earn your way to heaven. And I want to be very adamant about that because that's something I think a lot of people think that they can do is if they just live a good life and become a good person, that they'll get to heaven. And that's not the case. That's a myth. That's what we want to tell ourselves to make ourselves feel good, feel better about ourselves and to be able to look down upon others. But that's just not the case. Um, we're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, through Christ alone. And that's the only way of salvation is by believing in Christ and that he took the death that you deserve on the cross. And with faith in him, you can have eternal life and live forever. Um, just like uh, Chris's brand was called eternal vision. You can have eternal vision and spend eternity with Christ, where there'll be no more crying, there'll be no more backbiting, there'll be no more revenge, there'll be no more pandemic, there'll be mo no more sickness, there'll be no more racism, there will be no more death. And if it sounds too per you know too good to be true, I, I think that it is. I think it's that dope, um, where there's the absence of all those negative things, but then there's the presence of Christ, and we'll get to see our Creator face to face, the one who understands us the one who created us, the one who knows everything about us, who knows the amount of hairs on your head. He knows what you did when you were two years old. He knows what you did when you were 20 years old. He knows what you'll do if you live to be 82 years old and the sins that you committed and the great things that you've done um, unto him and his glory as well. And so you can live forever and worship with him, whether there's going to be people from every tribe, from every tongue, every nation, um, every ethnicity, is going to be represented there in heaven and we'll all be worshiping Christ and enjoying fellowship forever. And uh, I would love for you to join me there. It's going to be a super dope party. Yeah, <laughs> the man. best, the best album release party ever. And yeah. none, no one who is there deserves it. That's right. No one who's there deserves it. The dopest album release party ever. That's so, good news, man. That's good news, man. I appreciated you asking me that because in that fashion, um, and this is to my own, uh, shame. It, it's been a little bit since I think I just explained it that clearly. Mm. So I appreciate you asking me. That was good. It was a good declaration of the good news, man. And we're saved Thank by you. grace alone through faith alone. And we're headed in a good direction, man, and walking the whole way with Christ and each other. Yes, sir. Anything yeah. you would want to add to that? No, nah, man, that was great. It was great, bro. It was Thank a great you. Explanation of the gospel. Very thorough. So, brother, if people want to get in touch with you, maybe personally, they want to hear your music, um, we can put this all in the show notes too, but let, let the listener, watcher know where they can get a hold of you and how they can hear your music. Yeah, so if you, if you search Believe in Stephen, and just a reminder, the Believe in, there's no G, and it's B-E-L-I-E-V-I-N. Okay, because sometimes people want to put the E before the I. Believing. It's not the case. Yeah, but it's it's believing and then Stephen with the PH. Um, if you search that on any music outlet or YouTube, uh, you'll find 
all the the past projects. If you want to find the mixtapes, that's believeinsteven.bandcamp.com. That's where you can find the Perseverance mixtape and the uh, preseason mixtape and also all the other, the rest of the catalog. And then social media, um, my, my Twitter and my Instagram are at Believe in Steven. And then on uh, Facebook, there's also a Believe in Steven page. And there's also my personal page, which is just my name, Steven Brindle. So that, that's the best way to, to reach me. Um, and if you want to, if you have an email question, you could email me. It's just my full name, first and last at gmail.com. So Steven Brindle at gmail.com. Man, I can't stand it when people stab me in the back, man. When they betray me. Especially people you thought you could trust. It's so whack. It's so grimy. Huh. Wanna know what's like the worst kind of pain? The kind of pain that lingers in the hurts that remains? Uh. It's getting hurt by the ones you thought were closest. You realize the closeness was probably bogus. Praying for sun, but it only just rains. Deep emotional pain feels like you're going insane. You know who's to blame, and it's provoking your pain. Because the pain can't be tamed, even with Novocaine. Yeah, I want to retaliate and show off my gains. But to grow, we need change. Gotta go against grain. Uh-huh. It's hard and it's rough. Your friends you thought you could trust. But your heart, it is crushed. It sucks your fight and it's tough. They say they're the truest, but them betraying like Judas. So fake. The way they maneuver, man, they are playing you stupid. It makes me sick to my stomach, cause they're faking the putrid. The ways are so ruthless, how are they able to do this? Cats are grimy, cats are some tiny. Why does it seem like they always want to try me? Cats are shady, it's making me crazy. Should I forgive or should I stay angry? Cats are grimy, cats are some tiny. Why does it seem like they always want to try me? Cats are shady, it's making me crazy. Should I forgive or should I stay angry? You swear they are decent and they've been caring so recent. But you sharing your secrets and then they barely could keep it. You thought there's an allegiance and they're aware of the deepness. But they ain't walking with you like paraplegics. Beware of the leeches and all the arrogant schemers. Cause they'll tear you to pieces, they ain't cherishing Jesus. At least they claim to be. And this insane to me How they coming up short Just like Jermaine Debris You expected faithfulness But you're getting hate from this How did God enable this? Yo, this mess is craziness How God Distressed, you raised your fist Yes, this is shadiness Where is God in this? Tempted to be atheist They were your greatest friend But then the fakest friend Man, why do faithless men Always wanna play pretend? It seems this way's the trend Back and forth they waver in If they don't make amends Yo, it's time to take revenge uh. Cats are grimy, cats are some tiny. Why does it seem like they always want to try me? Cats are shady, it's making me crazy. Should I forgive or should I stay angry? Cats are grimy, cats are some tiny. Why does it seem like they always want to try me? Cats are shady, it's making me crazy. Should I forgive or should I stay angry? What they did, you hated that, so it's time to pay them back. Uh-huh. These shady cats are fake and whack and they're depraved as rats. Uh. But so are you, and that's a major fact I'm no brainiac, but no, I should be facing wrath Cause I've been sinning rampant, and taking him for granted I've never been abandoned, but throwing little tantrums uh, So how can we, simply withhold forgiveness When we've been full of sinning, and so full of mischief Our soul's positions are like a pool of sickness Bowls of wicked, dirty like a sink that is full
full of vicious. Yeah, we are undeserving, but the suffering servant is crushing the serpent, cleansing us like said detergent. I've sinned against him like infinite times, but he still forgives. Yes, this is divine. He's extending grace. This we should replicate. So let's offer up forgiveness and do not hesitate. Cannon! Cats are grimy. Cats are some tiny. Why does it seem like they always want to try me? Cats are shady. It's making me crazy. Should I forgive or should I stay angry? Cats are grimy. Cats are some tiny. Why does it seem like they always want to try me? Cats are shady. It's making me crazy. Should I forgive or should I stay angry?